Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, out of the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another week, another version, another episode of Burning the Red Shirt. I got Andrew and myself here, Zach is, I think he's still in the Cayman Islands on vacation for all of the rest of uh, the year. And uh, what a great, appropriate time to talk college football uh, specifically because of the uh, nonsense that we've seen this week with the different players. It's like Tylen Wallace 2.0 and 3.0 in the same week. But what's kind of like uh, been your take on the first eight or nine games? What's like the biggest thing that jumps out to you, Andrew? I feel like my experience so far has been pretty representative of most of the people that we interact with. In the for So we've had, what, three days worth of bowls at this point, I think, Saturday and then Monday and Tuesday, right? I yep. killed the killed Saturday, absolutely crushed it. Um, not in small part due to uh, the the men, uh, Chip Kelly and Ethan Garbers. Like, thanks guys, appreciate it. But like, I hit like ninety percent of props on Saturday, and then I'm still even though I'm still up a ton at this point. Like, I gave some of those wins back over the last two days. Um, I those. I don't know how I don't know how the famous toastery bowl and the Frisco bowl worked out for you, but not well for me. Uh, that it just like a crazy, like you just uh, kind of hinted at a lot of crazy stuff happened both at a game level and personnel level, um, and I just felt like whatever decisions I was making in terms of stuff I wanted to do from a betting perspective, it didn't didn't really work out. Um, do you subscribe to? Uh, your boy Michael Leone's newsletter. I do not, but if he only sent one out, like, I feel like he, I feel like he's only sent like three or four ever. Um, but when he when he like uh, mentioned it on Twitter, I was like, yeah, I'll sign up for this. Why not? Um, usually, what happens is I'll sign up for something like that, and then I'll unsubscribe pretty much immediately when I realize I'm not interested. But he's pretty ar- articulate, pretty relatable, and uh, Kind of thinks about things in interesting ways, I think. So I haven't unsubscribed yet, but he sent one out probably about a year ago, maybe less, about um, about tilting, generally speaking, like being on tilt and like the mental health components of it and just how to kind of structure the way you think about things and process things and uh, to avoid uh, that. And I feel like I need to actually read that uh, because... I mean, we all know how that feels and how it impacts you from a financial perspective and presumably from like a a mental health and just like day to day perspective, like leaking the uh, the way that you feel about sports betting into your day to day. Like I do way too much when things aren't going well or when things are going well. It's like it's gross. So I'd like to try to uh, just do things a little differently in that regard. Um, But I mean, overall, like over these first three days. I'm absolutely crushing it, but I still feel like garbage because the last two days went about as poorly as they possibly could. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm uh, super annoyed because the last two days, 
you know, the Western Western Kentucky game was just a shit show, just a, yeah. what a mess. And I lost a decent bit. You know, I had a really good Saturday as well. And I lost yeah. a decent bit, nothing crazy on, on Monday with the game, but it was so annoying that I was like yesterday on Tuesday for the UTSA game. I was like, there's some tomfoolery going on here with Frank Harris. Like I'll just play the, the small stuff and play like a hundred bucks. And I pretty much like nailed the thought process behind it, right? Like obviously Harris was out. We knew it. I didn't have any of the Marshall receivers that were out. And I even nailed like Rasheen Ali's usage. Like I, I had like very little of him, but the scoring in that game was so weird that you had to have him to win. So it was like, I nailed all these different things and I still just like broke even in the most annoying way. But and now I feel like, <clears throat> the PTSD from Rashina Lee and Malachi Corley is just going to resonate the rest of the bowl season. Are you going to take that same thought process behind stars that are playing bowl games for no real reason? Like, I guess I wouldn't say like Bo Nix, because I feel like Bo Nix is just a guy that loves college football that wants to play all four quarters, but like Bucky Irving, like what's Bucky Irving really playing in that game for? Like, it's a little bit different when you're a running back. So are you are you going to take that same thought that like guys are going to be sitting in the at half? It's always something that I try I think about and try to consider. Um, I think that there's probably some level of variance, right? That we saw that happen back to back days. Whereas if you try to recall how many times we've seen that over the past like three years, I mean the two that stand out for me are Kyle Trask and Tylen Wallace. How many more can you name? Right? It's not like it's this. Maybe I'm just forgetting, but I pride myself on my memory, generally speaking. Um, I don't recall that many other of, uh, of these, and maybe it's something that will become more and more of a trend, but it feels like it feels random in the sense that we saw it back-to-back days. Um, the it, it, uh, it felt like with both Corley and Ali, it was kind of priced in from a prop perspective, and I initially was going had a, a a play on ollie under and then cashed it out because i was getting sketched out but it was only at like 70 80 yards depending where you got it and that like imagine having that a lot of people had that under called it right and then dude scoops one run four yard touchdown and it's just the, the mill finger to you yeah i think it was what nine for 90 so he basically <laughs> got eight for 26 on the rest of them yeah, you know, I, you're correct. I forgot about Trask. Thank you for that. I uh, really needed that memory in my head this morning. <laughs> but, um, you know, Tylen Wallace is the obvious one. We've talked about it a hundred times on the show, yeah. but uh, I think you're right. It hasn't happened all that much, right? It's easier to remember the times it did happen and screwed you like these two guys than it is to for, remember the guys that played the full game out of for no real reason. But it's so different now. It's so different, I think, with like how the landscape of the yeah. couch bowl bowls and the draft is that I really I think it'll happen more and more and more. You know, I'm not okay. really sure. You know, I don't think there's that many each year that are going to happen. Right. Like, I think we would want to target running backs and receivers. I think we'd want to target, you know, Bucky Irving types. Right. Like, what are you actually gaining? Like. You know, like what is what did Corley and Ali have to gain besides like maybe personal records, but didn't really have anything on the horizon. So that's kind of where I'm going to be thinking about it moving forward. But a lot of these guys aren't playing like Drake Mays and stuff like that are just not, you know, Tez Walker, 
they're just saying it now. I'm good. I'm just going to go to the the pros. But yeah, I'm a almost. I'm a. We'll see what happens. Moving yeah. on a little bit. I see it talked about on Twitter um, somewhat, and over the last few week, few weeks, it's resonated with me a couple of times because it's played out this way for me. Where one of the reasons that maybe there's more of an advent in prop betting and a decrease in level of DFS play for some people is like if you get if you are super confident in one thing with prop betting and you get it right, like all right, you're gonna you're gonna win, right? But like. I can't remember if we talked about this, like in the conference USA championship game, like nailing Kate on Salter alt lines was like super profitable for me. I play him in DFS. I don't even cash, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Well, and on and to go on top of that, right. Like I had talked about, I nailed like the fact that Ali would be, I played him at like 30%. He was like 80% owned. Right. And like, yeah. that was to me was the right move, but there's one play. The hard part here is then, Okay, what do you do with Ethan Payne, the backup? Like, how do you use him? Because he he's not necessarily going to be good if he plays. So you also have to do that as well. But in, like you said, in props, if you, you know, you probably were right by betting Ali under you as a general term. Um, but it just was bad luck. But yeah, so moving on a little bit here, we have Schrader's out for the season. Carlos Del Rio Wilson is not on the depth chart, not going to play in the bowl game. Are we about to see Dan Villari go ham on uh, South Florida? You'd think so. Um, it's funny looking at just like the high level, uh, what these teams excel and do not excel at. South Florida has like the worst pass defense, one of the worst pass defenses in the country. And now Syracuse, like this, and this is what Syracuse is throwing at them from a passing game perspective. Like the game will be interesting in, in that regard. Um, one of the things I've been doing in bowl season is just like grabbing game total unders, uh, when players opt out and then letting the line move like four or five, six, seven plus points, and then buying back at an alt and free rolling. I've done it the last two days, uh, as opposed to just kind of playing the, that naked under at CLV and both times it's gone over, um, when these when these players have opted out and I, like I feel fortunate I'm not down even more money in these games where I had like insane uh, total CLV. I've so got wait, it. In wait, this wait. Game so too. you're saying so you're saying let's say the the totals at 52. You bet it under when the guy opts out. It yeah. ends at 48. And instead of just middling trying to middle it, you bet the over back at 52, but at like plus. 170 or something exactly, like that exactly interesting it's real nit, nit behavior which i mean look if you know me it's not not surprising right um because i'm a total nit and uh when it comes to gambling uh but so this game uh i got when the straighter news was announced i got the under at 61 and a half it's down to 56 and a half i'll probably like i can get like plus 155 at 61 and a half and then free roll for like 30 percent profit um but yeah, the last two days I did this exact thing and ended up like both of those all overs hit and I just walked away with no no profit on th those things. Um, feel fortunate in that regard, but again, I got slaughtered on these games overall, so it's whatever. But for this game, yeah, I have no idea what to, to, to think of it. Like I, I grabbed the Naquan Wright rushing under when it opened at like 63 and a half, just thinking like that will probably move down and has moved down a little bit. Um, there was like a huge vacuum between 
the two two main uh, sites that put up props, like FanDuel and then everyone else, like 63.5 in one place, 48.5 in the other. I just figured, like, going up against the fair, like, uh, not awful P5 defense, like, let's just grab the, uh, the under on that. But I don't really know what to, like, who... It'll be super interesting when Syracuse has the ball, just like can, can do they even attempt to exploit the worst passing defense or one of the worst passing defenses in the country? Probably not. How are they going to, right? And what is that going to mean in terms of how this game plays out? Um, South Florida, I didn't even realize they got to six and six until they were uh, like named to a bowl game. Like good on them. It's fun to see cool, exciting offenses actually play out, not just in the way of points, but in, somewhat of success just for future endeavors and future kind of targeting of those teams and those systems. Uh, they're already getting mentioned in like, uh, when you think about like, Oh, dark horse AAC next year, uh, betting conference futures in April, May, June type deal. I feel, feel like there's already getting whispers about them. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of track what that, uh, that kind of opens like when, uh, odds open up, uh, for that, for conference futures in a few months. Uh, but yeah, I, dude, I have no idea what to, to make of the game just because it feels like I've what what like what is going to happen when Syracuse has the ball. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm starting to dig in on it, so I'm trying to figure out. You know, they have this random guy, Braden Davis, as the starter, but he's not really like a guy in contention for, as far as I'm aware, for the job next year. Obviously, Cal McCord is going to Syracuse, so. Do they just try to win, which would lean me to thinking that Valari gets wildcat snaps with LaQuinn Allen. But conversely, you know, like South Florida has to be expecting that this is a possibility. So they, it's not like there's a surprise factor that they've kind of had in recent weeks. Yeah, why not play so, 9, 10 D linemen if you're South Florida? Just load up the box. Did you see what LaQuinn Allen's prop is? It's like 120, isn't it? It's big. Yeah, he's probably over it after the first quarter too. But I, like, I, I don't, I don't want to take that really. Um, it's a hundred and thirty and a half on yeah. underdog. The thing is, right? Like, if you think they're going to run a real offense, then I would probably go under. If you think it's this Wildcat stuff, you can't possibly go under. He's going to get like thirty carries. Right. Fresh legs too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find it as funny as I do that Syracuse is just a, like good for them for kind of recognizing that just kind of making a regular hire isn't working, going to work, but they just went out and hired a, a fleet of bagmen to run their program. Uh, and like, forget scheme, forget trying to win with uh, like on field tactics. We're just going to hire a fleet of Mario Cristobal's, right? Uh, um, and go out and try and just uh, you recruit, 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 and hope that that talent uh, kind of translates on game day. Um, but I feel like at Syracuse, you kind of have to do something like that. You can't really yeah. do like the status quo because I think like previous head coaches have been pretty solid, but there's just not really. It just is what it is. You know, it's not like Syracuse is this like black hole. But I don't know the ACC. They just never really seem to be up up there with any of the top teams. So why not do something a little different? And it's gotten them McCord and yeah. a couple of other guys. You know, it's weird to see Syracuse's logo alongside a Bama logo and a Georgia logo on some of these, <laughs> these decision ones. Yeah. Did, uh, do you think anybody beats 22 total points scored as the lowest, which is what Miami and App State had on Saturday? 
I don't know. FanDuel didn't even open up that market. Like, so I didn't even get to there. I don't think I would have chosen that game. Maybe I would have, but the rain I would was, say no, right? The what rain was, was insanely it was impactful. I mean, did you watch that game? No, I didn't I didn't catch any of the day games on Saturday. Did I uh so I found out that there was gonna be the, this crazy rain. I was talking to Mox and he was like you know, it's going to be bad. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm going to hit Joey Aguilar unders and Caden Robinson unders. They threw for like a buck 60 in the first half with like no issues. Thankfully, yeah. uh, Robinson went way over, but uh, Aguilar somehow stayed under uh, quite easily because of the, the second half, they just they kind of sat on it. But, but yeah, so what's, uh, is there a game on Saturday that has you the most intrigued? So I was like really hoping that we would see some wild, uh, uninformed um, props in the Eastern Michigan South Alabama game, but what got posted already was like pretty spot on. There, there was that amazing Alabama.com article that kind of went to a player level and a position group level and just like kind of picked apart everything, but I guess the book stumbled on it as well. Uh, so, but Saturday say looks so fun and so, uh, so exciting, right? Like so many of our G five boys are playing. Um, like I'm excited to see Jalen Rayner, uh, like, uh, after, uh, like a month, a month actually like chill and prep and hopefully they just come out and let him do crazy things on an awful defense in uh, Northern Illinois. Um, Levi, Right, uh, in a, a shootout in a bowl game in in Idaho, never haven't heard that one before. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I I feel like I'll end up actually playing some DFS on Saturday just so I could play Levi. Uh, I think you have to one last time, man. One last ride, you have yeah, to. Yeah, before he goes off and saves our country. Um, what a, what you, a what a memory for this guy, by the way. Like the fact that many people are talking about him, and it's strictly from a like three game thing, you know, like he's, he's really been good for like three games yet. Everybody will continue to talk about him at least in our circle. He's a legend. He kind of, you know, who reminds me of uh, Levi Williams, Caden Veltkamp, tall, pretty thick. <laughs> they kind of run the same. I mean, he should just go to Utah state and just call it a day. Yeah. The, I, I, I saw um, Tyson Helton getting a lot of love after the game as like an underrated coach or whatever. I'm convinced this dude is like the biggest luck box that we've seen to, in recent memories. You saw, like, you saw that they wanted to make him a tight end, and that's why Veltkamp is in the portal, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, the dude has had so much good fortune in terms of stuff happening to him. I mean, maybe he's made his own luck in some regard, but when they had Zappi, he, he lost – he lost them like through three games with a stupid uh, timeout and in-game decisions. Like, the, and then I don't know. It just like good on him on kind of making some good uh, hiring decisions, right? In terms of offensive scheme and system, uh, obviously things didn't work out as well as they would have liked this year. But I don't know. I feel, I feel like a lot of the good fortune that's happened to him, he hasn't necessarily deserved. Um, but with Belcamp. Like how how gross is that you, that you do some fucking uh some what what's the right word uh when you when you just defer to family ties uh, I forget what it's called nepotism yeah. yeah that nepotism stuff um and like do that on a, for a program 
that has a hundred kids on it and you're just going to play your, your nephew or whatever at the most important position on the field. Over uh, Well, to be fair, and also I should say also going into it is Veltkamp is like the kid of the strength and conditioning coordinator. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't blame him for playing Helton because you you can't play a guy that's in the portal when you have a a guy that's similarly known. I think, but I, it goes back to uh, your comments in the past about like, how can you judge a running quarterback in practice? Yeah. Because you can't tackle him. So like, I think that's how potentially Helton was over him on the depth chart. It was just straight, you know, you're watching Velcamp just throw when that's not really seemingly his game. So. The, uh, just, but the, the fact that it, they let it get to him going into the portal and now they're going to reap what they've sown in terms like, I'm sure he's going to have conversations, uh, right, with other schools. Uh, like, if they just kind of let this play out organically of him getting on the field, starting and having a good game, probably like doesn't enter the portal and you've got your QB of the future. But now you got to fight off all these other schools who are going to want him. Good job. Yeah, well, I think that goes to the whole Helton point. But Saturday is, is like you said, it's fun. It's a full day of games, the best type. Uh, you get six of the seven include a Sunbelt team, which is just incredible. I didn't even know that was possible. You, did you know 12 of them made bowls? Or 12 of them? Yeah, I guess 12 of them made bowls. They're yeah, all bowl 12, eligible. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, And Utah's on the slate, which makes it just... I think it should show they priced Bryson Barnes at 4,500. So that'll be fun. Um, there's rumors that Jaquindon Jackson is going to not play or be in the portal at some point here in the near future. And the best part about it is Micah Bernard is playing this game. Amazing. Most I mean, Utah, like, Utah thing possible. It doesn't get any more Utah than that. I really do wish though, we were having the Batari at quarterback. That would have been a good way to cap off Utah, Utah season. <laughs> the uh the nightcap of the hawaii bowl well i mean i prefer my hawaii bowl on christmas eve but of course. we can't we can't have bowl games on a sunday because uh the nfl gets sundays uh, did, wait did you include the hawaii bowl as your in your top 10 i don't think you did did you hawaii game i should have included the the hawaii bowl and it made but yeah that really is i mean i have many memories of sitting in church waiting for midnight mass to start watching the Hawaii bowl. So I, that would have been in my top 10 personally. That's fair. Um, but yeah, 1030 kick for the Hawaii game. The people who thought that the first go bowl went late, late last night are in for a rude surprise on Saturday to see when uh, coastal and uh, San Jose state get together. Um, yeah, this is like, this is, this is going to be a really fun, fun slate. Uh, is the so Duke's the only power no Duke Utah Northwestern are the only power five teams playing that thing. This is and yeah, this is shaping up how it should be. It's what we like to see from a, a Saturday bowl games. Well, I don't know what to expect. What do I I have not caught a lot of Coastal Carolina. So like this ten and a half number is interesting to me, but I I justified it in my head because everybody on San Jose state is like super old and there's no reason for them not to play like Kyrie Robinson and Cordero, yeah. of course, uh, which is 
cool that Cordero gets to play in the Hawaii Bowl in his last game. Oh, yeah. Good is call. that like the justification you think for this? Is that like a bunch of the different coastal guys are out and all the guys for San Jose State have no reason not to play? Yeah, I would, I would guess that Coastal, Coastal lost a ton of guys to the portal, right? Like, not got even guys that we don't necessarily care about, I think. Um, not necessarily skill position guys, even though, like, Jared Brown's uh, out, right? And, uh, like, two of their quarterbacks, you know, Basco would start over guests, you would think, at this point, uh, regardless of if both were there or not. But, um, op, yeah, op, it probably strongly a combination of those two factors san jose state not really losing anyone the portal uh and coastal losing a ton of guys and then san jose state they, they closed pretty strong right they had like um they made a like push they, yeah they found their identity uh down the stretch i've so this is like i don't know if the dichotomy is the right word uh but the economy, assuming I'm using it correctly, of Saturday of that Saturday night game will be like I've wanted to and have played uh, Cordero passing unders all year when they've been on slate, just from basically from the perspective of like they don't they have nothing a wide out. He he likes to run. They've got a good running game. Like let's do it. Pretty successful, but his last game on the island. Have, maybe they just let like ha, go they let him get 50 50 touches right Thir- 35 on the ground 15 in the air and if the under if the prop line is t- chilling in the low 200s he gets there so i don't know um that has been like a bread and butter play for me when available but it, it'll definitely be scary if it's uh, on the lower posted on the lower side you know what i just realized is that Kyrie robinson had 20 touchdowns did you know that Zach's dog. Yeah. He held on to him strictly for Zach just because he would <laughs> complain. And here he comes with 20 total touchdowns and 1,300 yards. I, I owe him seven a carry. How is that even possible? I owe him and uh, Cody Schrader in the industry league. I don't think I played either of them in any good game that they had all year before my team was just bounced like from playoff contention because it's not good. Uh, but I was trying to find an, another year for Kyrie, but I don't think you can get there. He's had like five seasons of 10 games at this point. Uh, so this might be his last season. It would be nice to get another year out of him. I don't know how we would get there, but I'm sure we <laughs> could find a way. Yeah. That, yeah. Th- there, there should be a way somehow, but. Um, what's the, is there another bowl game here? That's interesting. You post Christmas. <laughs> Let's take a look. I mean, like when I look at these games, there are matchups that in theory I like that are fun, but then you start taking away all the players that are not playing in it. And it's all of a sudden it's like, it's it's nice that the day after Christmas has more than just the quick lane bowl. Cause I feel like in the past we've had just the quick lane bowl and I end up gambling too much on that hard, hard game. Uh, so having a three game slate the day after Christmas is nice. And like, I am so like, psyched up for texas state rice like that is one of the games i've been looking forward to since bowl season's been announced uh this site's been announced like joey hobert's probably my favorite player at this point in college football um just from in terms of like i identified my as wanting this guy really early in the offseason got him on all my dynasty teams all my uh all of my 
managed the leagues uh, that were all 133 except uh, 50 team where one dude uh, drafted in the last round. And then I couldn't get in touch with him to trade for him before the season started. And then he pops off for 10 catches in the first you game. You were never getting game. him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so I'm hoping he plays. He sat out two of the last three games. And that was really helpful in the playoffs, uh, fancy playoffs for me. But hopefully, I mean, he's good to go. Uh, and then, so are you high on that dude? Dean Connors, have you watched him? The Rice guy, like he's gets like ten yards or a touchdown on every touch. He's amazing. He like it. It's like it's extremely racist and easy to make the the McCaffrey uh, comp, right? But you just watch him, and their running styles are so similar. Like that dude flips his hips and just like changes direction so quickly and make great catching the ball out of the backfield. Like he looks like he's not just like a straight line runner, not just like a jitterbug. Like he's got. Not terrible size, it looks like at least. Like six foot two and five. I want him on all my teams next year, and I'm excited to, to like I'm playing him in all of my now dead bowl leagues. Like I have no chance in any of these things. And then like I'm excited to like I'm interested to see what we get in terms of props for him, and then I want to play him in DFS. Like if we get anything south of like a hundred yards rushing, like have you the Texas State run defense? Like the the only data point that matters to me is that Arkansas state game where they give up like 11 rushing touchdowns and Rainer threw for like 90 yards in the fancy playoffs against them. Um, but I, I want to be very invested in Dean Connors in that game. I want to just stay. Uh, it sucks that, I mean, it's only a three game state. So slate to like, I'm, it's not like sack that game is going to get very unique, be very unique. Fortunately, like there is another interesting game that night, right? Kansas UNLV. So you figure that will help like, ownership of the Texas State game a little bit in all likelihood. Uh, but though between those two games, that's a really nice slate of bowl games. And then you got the quick lane bowl, which I mean, there's not much to say about that. Yeah, the quick lane bowl is gonna be gross. Uh I you couldn't put two like completely different or three completely different games back to back. Yeah. Like we might get two touchdowns in the first game and 12 touchdowns in the other two games. Like but I have bad news for you. Dean Connors only has one more year left. Did you know that? No, I assumed he was like, uh, like. Well, ESPN only shows him with two seasons played. But if you go to Rice's page, you know Rice's site, he played at a community college for a year. Really? I assumed he was like. I assumed we had at least like two or three. No, you only get him for one more. So maybe that helps drive the uh, the cost down for you. Yeah. Because I definitely want to go and get some dynasties. What uh, I'm looking at selfishly as a Virginia Tech fan, I'm looking at this two lane game, and I'm like, every single player on Virginia Tech is coming back, and it seems like all the great players for Tulane are gone. There's, are we about to mollywop Tulane? <laughs> uh, that that mindset, right, where you look at a co- couple of high level factors and think that you know what's going to happen in a bowl game. I feel like that's been getting all of us in a little bit of trouble the last uh, few days, right? So let's call it a hypothesis more than a pontification. Uh, Tulane, it was just announced what their top two receivers are out, uh, right? Brazzle's out. out And Horton, is Horton not playing? I know he's in the portal. Horton's in the portal too, I think. But that that doesn't mean anything, right? We don't know. Has he said anything about if he's playing or not, or we just don't know at this point? Well, you never, I don't really know. Um, so let's see here. Keys is not expected for the bowl game. Jaquan Jackson is not expected in the bowl yeah. game. 
Uh, looks like Justin Abita is uh, sharing reps with Kai Horton. So it looks like Kai Horton's potentially going to play, which now I'm not so confident because I like Kai Horton. But if he has no receivers left, I don't know how much I can like him. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea if he's going to play or not. Um, but what, how was your, how was your run defense? What, what, um, good, bad. I'm thinking about things regarding high Hughes. I think it's it's pretty middle of the pack. If anything, I mean, we get, we gave up that huge game to Benson from Florida state, um, where he had like 10 carries for, uh, like 200 yards and three touchdowns. That, yeah. I think that kind of hurt things, but the mm. de- the defensive line is really good. Uh, we got a couple big pickups yesterday. A guy from uh, Duke, which was cool. He um, was like a stud for PFF, I guess. Uh, but yeah, this you might be good with Makai Hughes. Syracuse ran for zero yards on 25, uh, 25 carries against us. So there's that. That was that night game after a bye week where it's like it. If you're Syracuse, how did you show up like this? Like, how is this what you come off a of bye week and do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally Thursday night game. That. Yeah. Uh, you know what bowl game is interesting to me is, not shockingly, Oklahoma State against Texas A&M. 9 p.m. Think, kick. We love to see it. Yeah. After a full day of games, we get Alan Bowman to end it. Alan uh, Bowman uh, in his uh, second to last year. It gets a potential extra year. I mean, does it get better than that? I'm I'm stoked for it, dude. I'm here for it. Um, the uh, the the, uh, the worrisome thing with that is just okay. Are we? Is it going to be like snap? The is the NCA going to drag their feet when it comes to uh, his eligibility? And then, like, it's in like June, July, and we still don't still don't know. Um, and does that impact Gundini to go out and get a different quarterback? But I'm hopeful that we see another year Bowman. It was, that was he's such a like just from a a prop betting perspective. And I enjoyed him in like season long fantasy as well. Like he's awesome. Uh to in the sense that like you pretty much know what you're gonna get week to week. He's gonna throw it up to the receivers. It's not gonna be terrible. Not amazing like if you're trying to project i would think that yeah there is a decent amount of variance in oklahoma state game plans week to week in terms of who's going to get all the targets but that that's oklahoma state it's like i don't know i i enjoy targeting them uh in props most weeks just because it feels like you can kind of you can usually predict um how things are likely to to play out uh in terms of where the volume is going to go yeah, well, at the end, it was just straight Presley every time. And I know. Jane, Bray, Jane Bray in the portal, he's going, well, not in the portal anymore. He went to, he chose West Virginia. I feel like that's a pretty good spot for him. That'd be a good combination with Garrett Green if they decide to open it up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the uh, they I assume Devin Carter has another year, but I, I have no idea. Uh, like, why wouldn't he? Everyone does. Um the uh who know i like i don't know how you could ever confidently target a receiver of garrett greens uh in a season long perspective just cuz like 
he's like he's never going to complete 30 passes in a week it, uh, it feels like right he's he feels like the kind of guy who's going to complete 55 to 60 percent of 25 to 30 passes and he'll probably hit some explosives right and that'll help his passing numbers uh but that like it, it felt like they they were always kind of cycling uh receivers uh week to week in terms of targets and like snaps as well i felt like every week i was seeing prop lines for guys i had never heard of and i would just hit the under um and sometimes it would work um you're basically you were always just like fading the 50 yard catch is is essentially what you were doing that that feeling uh they're like I think uh, our boy uh, James Ikesms, uh posted recently, like, like what is the worst feeling about like when losing an under? Like, what's the worst way to lose an under prop betting or whatever? And losing the low to middle uh, receiver prop on like one long catch, like that shit sucks. It's like g- great. The 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 fish got there who just bet straight overs across the board because this guy got one target and caught one ball. Like that happened to me with some guy, some West Virginia guy. I can't. I have no idea what his name was. Hudson uh, Clement. It was the end of that Oklahoma State game. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> not, um, or no, the it was, Houston it was, game. It was the very end where they like. No, I didn't. I didn't have that guy. I felt bad for people who did. Uh, but the the last the last week or the week before, like I, I have no idea what the guy's name was. Uh, but he 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 had like two catches. He's not playing in the bowl game either. Um, I think because he got hurt. Uh, but. He uh yeah he's that he 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 had like a thirty five yard uh prop line and then got there on like a catch great great job dude Preston Fox maybe no I was smashing his unders for a while and that yeah there's so many random trailing array it's gotta be trailing that's right it now. that's it that's it <laughs> so I look Devin Carter has played football since 2018 so I can't possibly imagine he has another year so that's six seasons so the other way to think about it though is the only people who eligibility is expiring i believe are people who started like the earliest you can have eligibility truly expires if you played in 2019 that was your first year right everyone else 2020 and beyond they've got more eligibility oh yeah yeah easily so saying like oh he started playing in 2019 started playing in 2018 that's just the start of the conversation (laughs) anything is possible these days but he has like 30 catches a season for like the last four seasons. <laughs> and like a, the first year, 2018, I imagine didn't count. He had one catch yeah. but the next year. He had like 18. So we'll see. I can't imagine. I mean, Hey, if Alan Bowman can get another year, then I'm sure Devin Carter can get another year, but we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, uh, <laughs> I had something I was going to say, but I forgot. I forgot what it was. Yeah, the, 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 after Christmas, we like thank goodness we're out of this one game a day shit because it makes it like so easy to overanalyze and like go for and like put like kind of go after things that you might only have like a perceived fifty five percent edge or something like that. Uh, like at, when we have more of a, of a buffet, a proper board, right? kind of sit back and like let things come to you from a betting perspective a little more um, as opposed to like foaming at the mouth. I need to get my action. Let me just kind of chase uh, some things. So I'm excited for that. I feel like that kind of will work out um, a little more to, to my favor. We're already starting to get like so much 
some we're get leaking in like uh random games from this weekend. So like Dort while we've been potting right now, Duke Troy got posted uh for props on FanDuel. Um Mike's hitting me up about it uh right now. And I've been paying less attention to you than I have than I should be. Uh, but I haven't taken anything yet. But yeah, it's great to see that we're starting to see like this is how it should be games trickling in for future days type deal. Um and that'll make it a little easier to I feel like to kind of sit back and uh, just kind of think about things with a, a little clearer mind as opposed to having to, like, I don't know. I, I always get slaughtered on the not natty just because it's a single game. I overanalyze and I just do dumb so, shit. I mean, it's like 12 days to overanalyze too. Like yeah, 10 days yeah. and you know those lines are going to be incredibly sharp uh, for everything too, so. It's almost like if you don't get that immediately, you don't, you almost shouldn't like bet it because like everybody's yeah. got eyes on it. And what makes it even more difficult for someone like me is I have to bet multiples. So like, I can't just bet Frank Harris under, I have to co combine it with something. And then that's what happens with these games is you start salivating, loving the Frank Harris under. And then you're like, you just pick something that's not all that great on the other side just to make it happen. Yeah. It's just that it's just, that's a scam. I mean, you're, it sucks that you have to, do that like it, the odds are so stacked against you the fact that you're profitable is like a total it, good on you um like it because it, it's like it's so much more difficult for obvious reasons than just being able to just pick and choose uh individual uh things to bet do we um should we should we waste any airspace talking about uh chandler morris and spencer sanders uh i think i if we don't talk spencer sanders we would be doing him an injustice i wanted to bring him up what a what a final yeah. year. I mean, could you cap off the decision he made to go to Ole Miss than to not even be eligible for the bowl game? It's just it's like chef's kiss, right? Like the fact that it happened this way, a great way to cap it. Maybe he's gonna try and claim hardship and like get another year somehow. And this is part of that case. It's the only thing I could think of. Are you trying to get another year to Spencer Sanders? I added him in right a couple dynasty leagues because I saw some uninformed tweets that speculate he might have another year, but apparently he does not. And you look at this, the year-by-year -year stats, and there's no way he doesn't. But I still like cost-benefit analysis. I was like, I'll I'll use the roster spot, and maybe I maybe my eyes are deceiving me, and we'll get another year out of this. Um, but rip to a real one. It's been fun, man. Uh, we want some we want some uh money we, we lost a lot of money uh but he's got he's got a place in my own personal hall of fame what a warrior you know just a straight yeah. warrior all right chandler morris i saw your tweet about north texas you feel i feel like that's got to be a great fit right so obvious too right like all they have now is stone or all i think and maybe came back yeah he up. left and he's like yeah everybody else left i'm gonna come back then <laughs> yeah i generally i don't know i'm i'm skeptical of eric morris at north texas but a lot of that skepticism came from what happened at washington state but i'm also skeptical highly skeptical of cam ward so like we don't have I don't think we have enough information to make a to delineate who is responsible more for the the Eric Morris Cam Moore tenure at Washington State. Um and Morris was able to get really good things out of Chandler Rogers this year, who like I, I watched some of him, like that dude is 
he's solid. Like he can throw a ball, he can run. Like there's not a ton you need to scheme up for him for him to be successful. So I think you drop Chandler Morris in there, uh, right? And that, that that could be fancy fireworks. Can I? Uh, can I just uh, tell me if this is a bridge too far in time in, ter- in terms of trying to rationalize lighting more money on fire for Chandler Morris this past uh, off season? Um, the argument I would make, right? So if you were to sort by fancy points per game for 2023 on fan tracks and you back out and you just look at Chandler Morris's average fancy points per game, backing out injury, the injured game against Iowa state and the, the game in which he, at the end of the year where he just came in in relief, what, where do you think he would stack up in terms of ranking and fancy points per game for quarterbacks? I mean, if you're bringing it up, it's for positive reasons, right? Like, you no, it could be negative. There's no way you don't ever speak negatively about Chandler Morris. So he's he's probably uh, the very top. I mean, he's got to be top five or something like that. Nine. Exactly. Yeah. But I like the way that you got to that point of how he's a top ten quarterback. That feels like a really great fantasy content type of way to do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever you need to to like make your argument work, right? Uh, so North Texas would be awesome. I, I mean, let's say TJ Finley, for some reason, thinks he's an NFL quarterback. Can you imagine him in Texas State? San Marcos? I mean, you know, TJ Finley is considering the NFL draft, but I've heard he might come back, so that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, who says he's going to make a smart decision? I mean, he conceivably he's made a few in a row, so he's due. <laughs> what about uh, what about Robbie Ashford? He's in the portal. Ja, uh, I'll give uh, I'll give Jared some credit in Slack. Uh, he suggested that Ty Thompson goes to Auburn to officially cap off the Bo Nix trade. Oh, the player to be named later. Very nice. Yeah. Did you did you see I forget who suggested Robbie Ashford to Jacksonville State? Did you see that? I did not, but I'm here for it. Yeah, the problem problem is like there's a lot of bodies in that room who presumably do similar things and trying to handicap that, right? So you got my boy Logan Smothers who did his part in saving the day and for Jacksonville State in the bowl game. Zion Webb not coming back, presumably, right? Everyone can get another year, but it might be tough after getting the NCAA after, waiver for year seven. Yeah, scratching and clawing for that seventh year. I think he's, I, I don't think he can run it back. They've got that dude, that freshman dude, Smoot, who everyone uh, wanted to be a, a thing, uh, right? Yeah. And then they've got, do you remember that guy? That like guy, Zeon Chris or something like that? No, no, that's Louisiana dude. That oh, guy, uh, yeah, Fry, who came in uh, in one of the CUSA weeknight games, who does not <laughs> look like a Rich Rod quarterback whatsoever, like he's a pocket passer, um, and actually looked pretty good, like doing pocket passer scheme type things in like his first action ever. Uh, and then, like, they, they've they got some Juco kid coming in who looks like he was made in a lab to run Rich Rod's system. <laughs> uh, so then you inject Robbie Ashford, like, Good luck handicapping that uh, going into the offseason. But just from like a skill set system perspective, like that could be a lot. That would be a lot of fun, um, but not the cleanest path to fantasy relevance. No, no. Unfortunately, uh, the Freeze's obsession with Peyton Thorne was weird, but uh, it didn't work out for Ashford. I think he ultimately should just 
go to uh, play receiver or something like that. But uh, I do want to make one mention. So Nate has said in the past that he listens to us while running. So I will tell you, Nate, if you're slowing down right now on mile six, you need to, to pick it the fuck up and finish strong here. Okay, buddy. Uh, I didn't know Nate ran. I'm off to talk running with Nate's him. A, How, yeah, he's a big runner. Does he run that much? Does he actually make it to mile six? Or is that just off top of off the cuff? Well, if he's still, I mean, if you're listening to a podcast while you run, it's not like you don't listen to 20 minutes and shut it down after two miles, right? Like you, you need some length on a podcast. So I, um, I went for a run right before this. Uh, my standard run is 5k, 3.1 miles. I'll do that probably 80, 90% of the time. And then when it's nicer out during college football season, I was kicking it up to doing like one eight or nine mile run a week which is like perfect when you for like a full 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 on uh podcast uh but i'll break up a podcast into like two or three run sessions without a problem well it's i'm I'm surprised you're running with how cold it is i like to get out and run but right now it's it's so cold right now for i mean it's 30 degrees in the morning what's it like for you yeah it was 30 yeah it's 30 this morning it was terrible it's miserable yeah i i need it to warm up like just like six or seven degrees and I'm, I'm so, game. So six, six or seven degrees. Interesting. So I need it like high thirties. Like I'll suffer. I want to, I want to run. So I'll suffer through a high, mid to high thirties. So you're like, you're like uh Margaret, my wife who likes yes. running in the cold as well. I, I don't like I, running in the cold. I just, I need to run over riding the Peloton. So I need to get out there and I'll I'll just deal with it. I, I prefer it to be like 60 to 70. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Give me high 50s, low 60s, but I'm just saying it's December. I can't be can't be choosy. That's fair. You're in the south though. I am, yeah, but it still gets cold here, man. I, and I'm not <laughs> a hot, <laughs> I you know, you get on meetings and people are like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, it's not gonna be that cold for you. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's still pretty cold. It just doesn't snow. It's a little bit different. All right, before we wrap up, let's talk Oregon State and Damian Martinez. We've total flip-flopper here. He's not playing. He is playing. He's not playing. We have, uh, let's see, about eight or nine days until the game happens. Put your flag in the ground. Is he playing or is he not? Oh, man. You... You're trying to run a, a program here. Uh, like, I want, I want, if I, if I'm, if it's my call, he's playing, and he's probably playing quarterback and running back, and we're getting 40 touches, and we're trying to make sure he doesn't leave. Like, this is the only good skill player you have left outside outside of Silas Bolden, right? I think he's still there too. Uh, but like Damian Martinez is on another level. You think about the talents that that has walked out that door, uh, both like from a skill perspective right and then of course like lost your transcendent coach as well like i already like i understand he maybe did not make the best decision it sounds like probably like you could classify that decision as very stupid but i don't know i, I want that guy around as i transcend into the pack two era and maybe they're just maybe they're just swim doing the donald duck swimming in the gold thing like since they got that 400 million uh that, that did you see that court ruling that like them and Washington State get to keep all that money? Yeah. I would like to think that it's actually going to play out that way. Like fuck those other schools for for leaving. Like they if they go broke, 
Let them go broke. Let them. They let should them take a little bit off the top, at least. You know, they should. They should take a little bit extra, if if anything. They they deserve it. Take that. Take their share of the two hundred million, and just start a true like do Syracuse on crack. Bag men era the shit out of this thing. Get all these kids to come play in the pack too, um, and throw Damian a million, right? And, but I don't know. I think it starts with you let Damian play and you give him 25 to 30 touches. <laughs> Just 25 to 30 touches. So <laughs> the report on one unabated.com is that uh, one of the coaches said Martinez had gone home before the suspension was lifted. It did not make sense to change course. So basically he got suspended. He went home and then they're like, you know what? We're going to take away the suspension. You can play if you want. And then it was like, all right, well, you know, he's already been at home just crushing food and just chilling. We're not going to bring him back for 25. Dri- to driving around some more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really quickly. I, this is a random thought. I saw something that was interesting. Do you think there's a, any way to keep these players from opting out? Like the, the tweet essentially was like, we should just do the whole Cole Kramer, Minnesota thing and just, and have guys get paid to like Drake may he's never going to play in a bowl game, those types. But if you threw 50 K at him, would he play? And do you think that would be fine? Um, so I think you have to classify the players into different groups. And you, to, when you think about what you do or don't want to do in terms of kind of changing what those groups of players are doing relative to their status in bowl games. I think you, you consider targeting them in different ways. Like I think there's a group of players that you would see playing bowl games. If you just move the transfer portal window back like a month or some shit or, but I don't know, I guess part of the problem with that is like these guys need to transfer so that they can enroll in classes for the upcoming semester. So it's, it's a t- complex, tough pr- problem to, to solve. But like, I would think that targeting that group of players, the, the group of players that is trans- entering the portal, like there's got to be like paying them some nominal fee that presumably isn't that much money isn't going to be enough to get them to not want to get into the portal, preserve their health, with the intent of transferring to another program, like paying them some a little amount, bit of money isn't going to do much for that. I think that you need to find a way to shift the windows around of these events happening in a way where bowl game doesn't impede their ability to get into the portal and do all the things that ultimately uh, lead to them enrolling at their new school. Um, but I don't know, maybe there's different, different groups that are of players that's easier to solve. Uh, than that one. The the Cole Kramers are the easiest, right? You did you read the right. story? Uh, I got the context of it. Yeah, incredible. He basically said, "I figured, well, I can play for thirty k and pay off my wedding. I'll be able yeah. to pay for my wedding. Incredible." Um, and the fact that Minnesota is paying thirty k for Cole Kramers to play a bowl game against Bowling Green, like you're that desperate, you can't be Bowling Green without. They should, in theory. They have so many running backs. They should just do wildcat, but that's just me. But All right, well, that was uh, this week's Burning the Red Shirt. Hopefully, we didn't ramble on about in the most nonsensical way. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoy the games this weekend and moving forward. 
happy holidays, I guess, whatever, if you, whatever you celebrate and, uh, yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks guys.